Well, good morning, friends. It's good to be with you this morning. For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Trevor Keane. I'm the assistant pastor, assistant minister here in First Port Down Presbyterian Church. It's good to be together, even uh, online, and it's good to be together sharing in God's Word. This morning we're thinking about the fourth of our congregational basics, uh, and this morning we're thinking about gifting, about gifting, about the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given each one of us for the upbuilding of the church. If you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to have it open at First uh, Peter 4, First Peter 4, the passage that Mark read for us. We're not going to anchor ourselves there, we're not going to restrict ourselves to what's said in First Peter 4, but that is going to be the, the kind of launch pad, if you like, into thinking about this idea of gifting, thinking about how each of us is gifted. First Peter chapter 4, uh, and really verses 10 and 11 uh, are the verses we will be considering this morning. We live in a world of regifting, don't we? For those of you who aren't familiar with regifting, uh, it's the the process whereby if you get a gift, perhaps that you don't want, uh, you might keep it in its box and then you might give it to someone else for Christmas. The trick with it, of course, is to remember who gave you the gift in the first place. I can see some of you squirming uncomfortably in your chairs this morning as you try and remember: Was it Great Aunt Barbara who gave me that candle that I've just given her for her birthday? Regifting. And in some senses it works, doesn't it? Because what happens? You get a gift that you don't want. You get a gift that you're never going to use. And so what do you do? Well, you pass it on to someone who will use it. You pass it on to someone who will appreciate it. And in a sense, it makes perfect sense. In a sense, it's a win-win situation, isn't it? It gets to be enjoyed and put to use by someone else. But this morning we're thinking about gifting within the church family. This morning we're thinking about gifting within the kingdom of God. And I hope as we'll see together, there can be no re-gifting within the church of Christ. There can be no re-gifting within the body of believers. There are no such things as useless gifts in the church. We have all been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Each one of us who knows Jesus Christ as our Saviour has been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Has been given certain gifts and talents by the Holy Spirit to be put to use within the church. It's our duty as Christians to use them. It's our duty as Christians to build up the body of Christ with them. Not to try and re-gift them to someone else. To use them for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. We want to ask four questions this morning. and Think about four things this morning. Firstly, we want to ask the question, well, what are spiritual gifts? It's a fairly basic place to start, isn't it? But it's important that we understand what spiritual gifts are so that we can then go on to think about how we might use them. Secondly then, we want to think about, well, what is the source of spiritual gifts? Where do they come from? Thirdly, we want to think about, well, what's the purpose in spiritual gifts? Why does God gift the church with spiritual gifts? Why does the Holy Spirit gift believers with spiritual gifts? And then fourthly and finally, we want to ask the question, well, who should exercise spiritual gifts? Who should use spiritual gifts? So firstly then, what are spiritual gifts? And we're going to think a little bit about that from these verses in 1 Peter 4, uh, 10 and 11. So if we're going to understand spiritual gifts, if we're going to understand what our gifting is, I think the first thing that we need to understand is, well, what are spiritual gifts? We can talk about them. We may even have some inkling of what our spiritual gifting is, but we need to understand what they are. First Peter helps us to get to the, the answer, helps us to get to the bottom of that, doesn't it? 
this section that we're reading in First Peter 4, it's written to a group of Christians. It's written to encourage them that as the day approaches, as the return of Christ approaches, Peter writes this letter to encourage them to keep pressing on. He writes to encourage them to use the gifts that they've been given. And in light of the second coming, Peter says, in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back again, this is how you should live. This is the, the implications of Christ coming back. And he says to them, chapter 4, verse 10, what is it he says? In light of Christ's second coming, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use the gifts that you have to serve others. So the first thing that we need to say is that all believers in Jesus Christ have been given some spiritual gifts. All those within whom the Holy Spirit dwells and resides have been given spiritual gifts. Peter says that, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gifts you have. Notice what he says. He doesn't say that some of you should use some of the gifts you have. Each of you in whom the Holy Spirit moves should use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. No, he says each of you, everyone who's reading this letter, everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ should use the gifts that you've been given. Today we might say, well, that preacher is particularly gifted. And of course that might be true, but that isn't where it ends, is it? There are gifted caretakers out there. There are gifted administrators out there. There are gifted evangelists out there. There are gifted pastors and, and teachers out there. Every one of us this morning who believes in Jesus Christ has been given spiritual gifts. Each of us who believes in Jesus Christ this morning has spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. But notice that even that isn't where Peter stops in verse 10. He says, each of you should use the gifts that you have, yes, but why? What's the, the purpose? What does he give them as the motivation for doing that? Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Why? As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The use of the spiritual gifts that God has given to each one of them, the use of the, the gifts that God has bestowed upon them, showcases God's grace. It displays God's grace to a watching world. It's part of administering God's grace amongst one another. So in a sense, that's what spiritual gifts are. They're a display of the grace of God. They showcase God's grace and mercy. They show that God loves to give good gifts to his children. That God loves to bestow upon his children excellent gifts. Peter continues, verse 11. If anyone speaks. So here then is the first concrete example. Here is the first spiritual gift that he's going to list. If you like, if anyone speaks, verse 11, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Secondly, the second concrete example, if you like, if anyone serves, they should do so in the strength that God provides. The, the term that's rendered serve here is uh, the same term that's used in the book of Acts for the deacons. It's this idea of service, of table waiting, if you like. It's this idea of, of doing fairly menial tasks. And yet notice that this was as much a spiritual gift as speaking was. If anyone speaks, verse 11, let him do so. If anyone serves, let him do so. The two are equated. 
speaking and serving are spiritual gifts. So what are spiritual gifts then according to Peter? Well firstly, they're manifestations of the grace of God. They show the grace and mercy of God. They put the, the grace of God on display. And the two examples that Peter gives here are, are speaking and serving. But the question you might have is, well, well, so what? This isn't exactly groundbreaking stuff you're giving us here, Trevor. So what? What does this passage mean for you this morning? Well, it means that you should be encouraged to use the spiritual gifts that you've been given. Each of you who believes in Jesus Christ has a gift. So use it for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. Use it for the building up of Christ's body. The gifts that you have been given have been given to you to showcase, to display, to, to manifest the grace of God. Therefore you should use it. Secondly, I think this passage reminds us to, to avoid the danger of thinking that only word ministry is truly gifted, that only upfront ministry is truly gifted. Because it isn't. Speaking is gifted, yes, of course it is, but so is serving. And it's all to display the glory and the grace of God. So that's what spiritual gifts are. But secondly then, we want to think about, well, who is the source of spiritual gifts? Who is the source of spiritual gifts? So having defined what spiritual gifts are, we want to think about where they come from. Now again, this might seem fairly basic. I mean, the clue is somewhat in the title, spiritual gifts. But I want to dig into it a little bit more. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is probably the most famous passage that speaks about gifting. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I encourage you to, to turn with me please to it now. As I say, it's the most famous passage that, that, that speaks about spiritual gifting within the church. And there in verse 11, verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read this. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 10, we're going to, we'll dig into this a little bit more towards the end. But for the moment, just uh, what we need to know is this, that in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 10, Paul has outlined the various forms of spiritual gifts. He's shown these Corinthian believers the different types of gift that exist within the church, that exist within the fellowship, even there at Corinth. And then he writes to remind them, verse 11, what the source of their spiritual gifts are, where the spiritual gifts come from. And he tells them all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. These are gifts given to each of the believers for the work of the kingdom, for the building up of the kingdom. So the spiritual gifts then come from the Holy Spirit. All of these spiritual gifts in verses 1 to 10 are gifts of the same Spirit. But what I want us to dig into a little bit here is what Paul says at the end of verse 11. Because what does he say? All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. Okay, we understand that. All spiritual gifts, verses 1 to 10, come from the same Spirit. But notice then what he goes on to say, verse 11. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Oftentimes the things that we're good at naturally, oftentimes the things that we work at day to day are the roles that we end up filling in the church, aren't they? They're part of the ministry that we have in the church. But notice, friends, that it doesn't necessarily need to follow like that. 
that Paul says here that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to each one so that the church might be built up, so that the, the, the work of the church might advance, so that the ministry of the church can go forward, that the Holy Spirit distributes to each one just as he determines. Now, in our worldly wisdom, we can say, well, such and such would be a perfect fit for that role. But the reality is that the Holy Spirit might have gifted them for an entirely different role. Let's try and flesh that out. Let's think of an example together. Let's say Shirley teaches in the local primary school. And then a vacancy comes up in our church for a Sunday school teacher. Now what we do in our worldly wisdom is we say, well, Shirley teaches Monday through Friday. Shirley teaches boys and girls Monday through Friday. Therefore, for her, the perfect role will be Sunday school teacher. And in the gifting of the Spirit, it might well be. But on another level, Shirley might have been gifted to do something completely different. Shirley might have been gifted to do the church accounts, to take care of church finances. Let's try and think of another example. Roland works as the managing director of a local company employing some two, three hundred people. In his work, he has a team of staff under him. In his work, he is used to getting things done. And we have a vacancy as the clerk of session in our church. And we think, well, Roland's used to working with people. Roland's used to getting things done. Let's make him the clerk of session. After all, that's why we have John Finley, isn't it? But yet that might not be what the Holy Spirit has gifted Roland to do within our fellowship. The Holy Spirit might have gifted Roland to come alongside and visit perhaps the folks who can't get out to church anymore. We do not use our worldly wisdom to fill the vacancies, to fill the, the, the gaps in our congregation. We see how the Holy Spirit has gifted each believer and we've put them where the Holy Spirit can use their gifts. The Holy Spirit gifts believers as he determines, not according to worldly wisdom, but as he sees fit to build up the church of Christ. He is the source of spiritual gifts. Not our natural temperament, not the things that we were born to be good at. But the Holy Spirit gives gifts to the church for the ministry and upbuilding of the church. He is the source of spiritual gifts. But thirdly then, I want us to think about, well, what's the purpose in spiritual gifts? What's the purpose in spiritual gifts? And we'll think a little bit about Ephesians uh, 4 for this. Ephesians uh, chapter 4. And verse 13, Ephesians 4, 13. So we thought about what spiritual gifts are. We thought about where our spiritual gifts come from. And now we want to think about the purpose of spiritual gifts. Why does the Holy Spirit give gifts to the church? Why does the church need the gifts of the Spirit? Well, verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at that. Verse 11. We read there, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We read that it was Christ here who gave gifts to the church. We read that it was Christ who gave the church evangelists, pastors, teachers. We read that it was Christ who gave the, the church apostles and prophets so that the church of Christ, the body of Christ, may be built up. 
the whole purpose of the gifting of, of word ministry, the whole purpose of the, the gifting of these evangelists, these pastors, teachers, the, these apostles and prophets, the whole purpose of their gifting, verse 11, was, verse 12, so that the church of Christ may be built up, so that the saints, the people, would be equipped for works of service, to mobilize the church, to enable believers to use their spiritual gifts so that the church might be built up. So that's the purpose of spiritual gifts, isn't it? It's for the upbuilding of the church. The purpose of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you this morning is so that the body of Christ may become mature, so that the body of Christ may be built up, so that the local expression of the body of Christ that we find here in First Port of Down would be strong, would be mature, so that the believers might grow in their knowledge and love for the Lord Jesus Christ. So that others might come to hear and know about Christ. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts. Think about it this way. What's the purpose in feeding our children? Why do we give them that glass of milk before bed? Why do we give them that glass of milk when they get up in the morning? So that they might grow. So that all that calcium might find its way into their teeth and bones so that they would develop, so that they would become strong, so that they would become mature, so that they would develop. And that's the same reason then that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to the church, so that the church might mature, so that the church might grow, so that the church might develop, so that it might be strengthened. And you see, friends, please see this. This is why... It matters whether we use our spiritual gifts or not. This is why it matters that we invest time and energy using our spiritual gifts. Because if we don't, notice the clear connection that's being drawn here. If we don't, it's not just ourselves who suffer. If we don't use our spiritual gifts, then the whole body of Christ suffers. If we don't use our spiritual gifts, then the whole body will not grow into maturity. It will stay immature. It will stay stunted. The whole church is weaker if you don't use your spiritual gifts this morning. If you don't exercise the gifts that God has given you, the whole church suffers. But fourthly and finally then, we want to answer the question, well, who should exercise spiritual gifts and we'll turn back to 1 Corinthians 12 to get the answer to that 1 Corinthians 12 who should exercise spiritual gifts hopefully if you've been following along so far hopefully if you've been following the thread of the argument that I'm trying to make it should be clear to you that everyone everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ should be exercising their spiritual gift everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ should be exercising their gifts and we see the rationale for that here in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to look at the second half of the chapter. Really, well, it's probably longer than half the chapter, to be honest, from verse 12 uh, down to verse 31 of the chapter. And the context here is what helps us understand who should exercise their spiritual gifts. The context, as we all know, the letter to the Corinthians was lit, written to a, a group of Christians. It was written to a group of believers. And Paul had some pretty harsh words to say to them. Paul was pretty scathing in some of the things that he said to these believers. 
we think of chapter 5, that chapter on sexual immorality. But the Corinthians here, as we come to spiritual gifts, and as we come to, 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 to chapter 12, Paul writes, verse 1, Now concerning gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. The Corinthians clearly valued some spiritual gifts over and above others. For them, the gift of prophecy was a true gift of the Spirit. For them, the gift of speaking in tongues was a true gift of the Spirit. They were the gifts that they valued. They were the gifts that they desired. And so in verses 1 through 10, Paul spends time outlining for them these different spiritual gifts and says to them, look, these are all the gifts that the Spirit has given to the church. These are all manifestations of the same Spirit. These gifts all have the same source, and so they all have this equal value. And he outlines then what happens, verse 12, if some people don't use their gifts. He says to them, verse 15, well look, what's going to happen if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body? It would for not, that, not for that reason stop being part of the body. If a believer should say, because I don't have a gift of prophecy, because I don't have the gift of speaking in tongues, I am not part of the body, it wouldn't make it any less so. It would just make it a much more, much less effective foot, wouldn't it? If the foot spends all its time desiring to be a hand, then it's a much less effective foot. It doesn't fulfill the role that it's supposed to fulfill. The only thing that happens if the foot does that is that the whole body suffers. And the only thing that happens is believers spend time desiring looking for other spiritual gifts that they don't have is that the whole body suffers. Now notice that the image changes slightly in verse 21. So verse 15 following, the image is kind of different parts of the body saying, well, because I'm not, then I'm not part of the body. But the image shifts slightly in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Those with the gift of prophecy can't say to those with the gift of administration, look, I don't need you. I'm quite happy here being a prophet on my own. I have no need of administration. You, you, you take your administration off somewhere else. No, Paul says, that, that, that can't happen. God has so designed the church, the Holy Spirit has so gifted the church that each of us are interdependent upon one another. Each of us rely on one another's ministry to fulfill the role that God has for this church here in Portadown. Each of us needs one another. Each of us needs the gifts of one another. Again, let's, let's try and flesh that out with an example. Despite having a number of children, my ministry to children is, I would describe as ineffective. I struggle to make contact with them. I struggle to, to speak in a way that's relatable, in a way that they can easily understand. There are a number of you in the congregation who are clearly gifted at speaking to children, whom the Holy Spirit has clearly gifted with that gift. Now, if I was a Corinthian, what I would say is, well, look, because I don't have the gift of speaking to children, because I don't have the gift of, of evangelizing children, I'm not going to use any of the other gifts that God has given me. Instead, I'm just going to go off in a corner and I'm going to sit on my own and I'm going to sulk about it. If I can't have this gift, then I won't exercise any gift that God has given me. 
But notice the liberation in what Paul's saying here. In the vision that Paul holds out to us of churches. You see, having a number of you gifted within the congregation that's speaking to children frees me. It liberates me from doing something that I'm not gifted at. And it enables you to flourish by using the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you. It's liberating, isn't it? It's not constraining, but it's liberating. Because God has given each of us gifts for the upbuilding of his church, for the advancement of his kingdom. All of us this morning who are believers, all of us this morning who know the Lord Jesus Christ, all of us who have the Holy Spirit living inside us, have been given spiritual gifts for the good of the church. And we need to use them for building up the body of Christ, for building up the church of Christ. It might be this morning that your gift is prayer. Then use it for the upbuilding of the church of Christ. It might be this morning that your gift is administration. Then use it for building up the body of Christ. It might be this morning that one of the, the gifts that the Spirit has given you is that you're young, healthy, fit and strong. That you can stack chairs and put them away and you can put out chairs for meetings. Then use that gift for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God and the church of Christ. There is no such thing as a useless gift in the church of Christ. There is no such thing as a useless Christian this morning. There is no such thing as a Christian who hasn't been gifted. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have been gifted. Find that gift. Use it to God's glory. Use it to advance the kingdom of God. And work at it with all your heart. Now the question maybe you're thinking then we're left with is why? Why should I invest my time, money and resources? Why should I use the gifts that God has given me? Because, friends, ultimately, God has given us the best gift. He's given us the gift that none of us could ever buy. He's given us his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. All the gifts that we have come from him. And we should use them as an expression of thanks to the God who graciously gives us all things. The forgiveness of sins, the adoption into his family. And that peace that passes all understanding. Use your gifts for his glory. And the upbuilding of his kingdom. And you will not be disappointed. Amen. One of the great